When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the Tom Bernard Show. <laughs> Wake up, Catherine. It's Monday. It certainly is Monday. Catherine Brandt in again for Tom Bernard, who continually is faking everything so he can lay on the couch and watch horrid daytime television, I guess, if He's, that's your thing. Price is right, and these yes. are the days of our lives. Yes, I'm here with... Katie Harms. Andy Brand Bernard. Cassie Schrader. And we will be right back after these messages. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Tell us about this warranty for life thing. I, you, know, you know, you understand a lot more about this than I do. Well, of course. I know you're not an automotive mechanic. So let me tell you a cool story. This just happened a couple of days ago. I got an email. Somebody emailed me at Doug at and he goes, hey, I bought a 2005, and I think it was a Honda Accord, back in 2014, having some problems with the engine. Uh, do I have any coverage? So I called the Honda store. We looked it up, and sure enough, the card qualified for a lifetime powertrain warranty. So it had to be under 60,000 miles at the time of purchase, a uh, non-highline vehicle. And they covered the engine repair. Think about what that means. That's a 13-year-old car, and the guy got his engine replaced. It doesn't cover every single thing on the car, but all the, it's like major medical coverage. So the engine goes bad, transmission, four-wheel drive system. You're covered as long as you own the car, as long as you maintain it to factory standards. It's pretty cool. 
It actually is really cool. Well, I mean, it's a lot cooler than you or me. Well, it is really cool, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, 15-year-old car. And that's why I buy all my cars, and my family buys all their cars from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com, because of warranty for life. And you like working with me, too, right, Tommy? Tommy? <laughs> Tom? <laughs> I, I don't think he's there. That's really nice. Very professionally <laughs> delivered from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Oh, good. I need some upbeat music on this freezing, cold, cloudy Minnesota day. Although I did get to wear my sunglasses, which oh, is like you know a treat. What? I reached in for my ba- into my bag and got my sunglasses, too. <laughs> I, was I was a little brief. shocked. I Very didn't know. brief yeah. moment of time. <laughs> but in my five-minute commute to come here, I, I didn't need them when I got out of my car. Yeah, I know. So, right? I don't know what the heck's going on with this weather. It I mean, sucks. Well, the temperature is fine. It's the wind that's not fine. It's 22 degrees. 22 is fine. 22 is not fine. But the fine. wind chill is five, so that's not, I can't handle that. If it's below 10, Oh, no, the wind thank chill you. is five? Yes. Oh, no wonder when I went out to let the dog out yeah. this morning with no gloves on, my hands were freezing. Mm-hmm. I know, I mean, I'm from Minnesota, pretty much lived here all my life, yep. but truly too soon. It too is too soon, soon, Minnesota. Well, we're too like, soon. aren't we like 20, 30, 20, 25 degrees below average right now? Let's I think see. we are. I think we are. I mean, it's so funny because a friend of mine who lived in California for a long time, well, it's Lindsay Basham. She said, you know what I really loved about living in California is nobody talks about the weather. <laughs> nobody thinks about the weather. Nobody cares about the weather. However, segueing into what they're talking about in California mm. right now. Well, yeah, but when they have a disaster, they have a big disaster. That's yeah. the that's the difference. They've got uh, many months of nothing and then a mudslide or earthquake. Earthquake. Fires. On the 12th Fires. in on the 20 in 2016, the temperature was the high was 50. So yeah. the, the low was 34. So, yeah, it's a little cold. It's cold. This is not supposed to be this cold. I mean, normally when we go to do the Vegas trip in, for KQ, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. it's about the same temperature here as it is there. Yeah, the November average low is 27. Yeah. Well, so, I think yeah. what's really dragging, though, on everybody is that we haven't had really any good weather all through September and October. Yes. So it feels like we've been in, screwed. like, <laughs> Well, apparently since. this is an El Nino year. <laughs> I thought Which, we liked El Ninos, isn't it? Or is that El Nina? It's th- no El, yeah, Nino, it's, El Ninos means it is an El Nino that we are supposed to have warmer winters. Um, that warmth doesn't really reach to Minnesota, it, it, right? It means there's a, there's weather disruptions, but then the El Nino that happens there doesn't necessarily mean warmer for us here. I thought yeah, it, it did. means wet down south, warm up north, and dry in the east. Oh, warm Trying. up north, aren't we? Not, north? Uh, not as far north as us. Oh. We got the We're polar jet. We're north in Tallahassee. We get the polar jet. <laughs> We're the true north or uh, the bold north. Yep, we exactly. are the bold north. We are. So what we're doing is we're showing everyone just how tough we really are. Well. So quit your bitching. It's true. People. Yesterday I didn't think it was so bad outside, but there was no wind. True. Yeah, no wind is I'm fine with that. And then in California, are they are are the wind settling down? Is anything happening good out there with those wildfires? No. No. Uh, I guess uh, Gerard Butler's house, uh, he still has one. He's very, no, he isn't. Burnt out home. 
burnt out it home. He's got a burnt Instagram out Instagram post next to a photo that showed a burned out structure or a badly scorched vehicle. Uh, this article says 31 dead, 228 right. missing. Hmm. I just can't you know, even understand. Uh, okay, so we were we were talking a little before we came on the air about you know evacuation plants and all that. If you know it's coming, wouldn't you evacuate? But yes. I think it comes in pretty quickly. And I'm thinking about those roads through the Malibu Canyon and all of that that are tiny little roads. So even if all the homes then evacuate and funnel to those roads, and if you've got shifts of wind yeah. and all of that... You're going to have people well, stuck in their cars trying was, to get the hell yeah, out. I've, everyone, I think, has seen the images of the car sitting on the side of the road burned out and that people had to get out of their cars and flee. And the people that stayed in their cars, some of them died in their cars trying yeah. to get out. That doesn't seem like a very good uh, disaster plan to me. No. At what point do you, though, I, I, I mean, depending on the winds, depending on where they're, yep, he's on. Where they're going to and from and the movement and the winds die down and then they say you're safe for a while and then they come back up i don't know it seems it seems ridiculously managed but i'm sitting in minnesota well, california is ridiculously managed well, so it's pretty what, much famous for being poorly managed well everybody know, I, I think most people have heard about donald trump tweeting out the first thing he did when he heard about the fires was that he's going to withhold federal funding because there's their forestry is so badly managed. Well, it is. Well, that's not the time really to say it. No. I think afterwards definitely is time to say it, but uh, I don't think that... He just doesn't have any diplomacy. Is that a fair statement, yeah. do you think? I, there's so mm-hmm. many statements, Catherine, that's probably <laughs> one of the kindest ones you can make right now. Uh, does uh, not play well with others. No, he doesn't. I mean, um, I, like I said, I don't hate him as a human being because I just am not into that whole angry white woman thing. I just am not going to play that game and be pissed off for four years. It does nobody any good. And it just spreads a toxic environment to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. But you got something toxic to say? Uh, do you want me to say something toxic? Do you know me? I don't know. It's pretty hard for me to come up with toxicity. I just, I'm, I'm with you on the angry white woman thing. The, the interesting thing, what I think would, what I would love to say to everybody who hears my voice, keep paying attention to politics the way you've been paying attention up to the election. Mm-hmm. But in this case, pay attention to what the candidates that you get behind or the, the elected officials that you choose to back are doing. Pay attention. Or even what Just Trump pay attention. has done well. He's right. done some things well. The economy is great. Job Educate numbers yourself. Are, not, are up. I mean, yeah. there's some good stuff there. We have to concentrate on the positive, not yeah. always spend, the negative. Spend the time educating yourself that you did reading all the negative and getting involved in the visceral reactions to things actually spend the time studying governance not just politics politics Mm -hmm. are politics but governance how are your people doing on governance sure and the and the things that are really going to make a difference to our lives and and get involved at the at the base levels at the local at the local levels yeah i agree i mean because if you're if you're not part of the problem be part of the solution 
Well, I really think in Amen, school sister. they should like break down the Constitution and have them study like all the amendments and because then that no, way but that's hard. Yeah, we I basically know. we went through maybe we focused on that. maybe three different amendments. Of course, it was the you know slavery, women voting, and maybe a, see, free speech. Those, those were like things, the three that we cared about. But those things aren't in play right now because we don't have slavery. Women yeah, no, can, they don't. You know, but like. The laws that we have, what can politicians do legally? Because a lot of the stuff they want to pass, and nobody is educated on whether it's legal or not for them to even do it. Well, but they, they're all a bunch of lawyers. They just change the laws to suit no, their whims half it, the time. It's so, so disgusting. <laughs> what do you just, think about all this, Tim? Hello, Tim Lammers. Well, you know, the only thing I'll comment on, are I can verify the celebrity homes that have been uh, burned. Mm. That is Gerard Butler. Yep. Um, there, there was nothing but a frame standing. It looks like uh. he had a pickup truck trashed. Miley Cyrus lost her home that she shared with Liam Hemsworth. And I think it's safe for now, but Guillermo del Toro, uh, he was in danger of losing what he calls Bleak House. Oh, which that's stores right. All of his artifacts, which at one point. Um, many of them were up here at the Minneapolis Institute of Arts that traveled. Oh, really? Um, and, and there's some pretty uh, precious mem- memorabilia. Now, granted, everybody, a, a loss is, is tragic for everybody, sure. don't get me wrong, you know, uh, either on a personal or professional level. But obviously, you know, if Guillermo would have lost that, none of that stuff could be replaced. So, is that all horror long, movie long, stuff? A long time ago. So, Tim, But apparently that's safe. Is that all horror movie stuff? Pretty much? Yeah, yeah, a lot of it, horror, science science fiction. Okay. I didn't get to see the exhibit. I guess it was spectacular. When it was in town here, I don't know if that was last summer or the summer before, but uh, I guess it was really, really cool stuff. Stuff dating back to, like, Frankenstein. and. Oh, uh, wow. Pretty, pretty significant movie memorabilia or pieces of memorabilia involved in it. I don't know if any from that actual film, but I know you had Frankenstein stuff. I, I, so, I, I yeah, heard. Yeah, you know, it's. It seems like everybody's in danger out there of losing their home. Yeah. Well, since 2000, on average, 700,000 acres of California burns every year. What? Yep. 700,000 700, acres a year burn down. Okay, how many square miles is that? Uh, anybody let's see ha- here. Anybody have a math brain? <laughs> or no? Square miles to acres. That would be no, with the, 1,100 with square space, miles. Can they do a controlled burn? Can they do controlled burn? Can they do well, anything? Because they're the not pro- doing anything. I guess that's part of the problem is that they have not been doing controlled burns because they decided that they didn't want to harm the wildlife and mm-hmm. pollute the air any worse than it already is in California. Well, yeah, but 1,100 square miles on fire, that's going to do some polluting. So, you know, well, absolutely. And yeah, not, maybe you got to do not some to mention 33 people dead and 228 mm-hmm. missing and having to rebuild all those homes. That's not good for the environment either. Mm hmm. It's just I don't know. California is just a, I don't know why anyone lives there. Katie Everything lives about there. it is it, bad. It, <laughs> why would you? Well, uh, we don't live there. We well, do own property there. It's in the desert. We yes. We own a home in the desert. Far um, from all the flammable trees? Far from all the flammable <clears throat> trees. Um, a lot of rock, a lot of desert. <laughs> a right. lot, a mm. lot. But I've spent lots and lots of time 
in Southern California and around the LA area and around the Malibu area. And I know exactly where this is happening. I was out there a month ago for a spinal fluid leak symposium, as a matter of fact, and met two, two women who are absolutely um, deathly ill from having spinal fluid leaks and all the other problems that go with them. Both of them highly educated, very go-getter women that have lost their careers and all that, but both happen to live up in these hills and are mm. now, they're now in danger of losing their homes. Mm -hmm. um, they have, have both evacuated. They have, they have both evacuated their families and are fine for this, but, but it's terrible out there. And it is, the reason people live there, Andy, is it's gorgeous. Yeah, it is. It is very beautiful, beautiful area. And if you can afford to live out there, it is absolutely stunning every sure. single day, except, you know, obviously. Yeah. Well, now. And of course, good old Twitter, you know, when the celebrities are telling people that they've lost their home and la la la, people are like, oh, so what? You can afford to rebuild. It's, it's like, mm. why are people such Stay off social media. Yeah, people. Well, Twitter is the worst again, place on they're earth. They're human beings, and they have yeah. precious things in there that they lose. I mean, come on, look at it from a human perspective. No money, no amount of money is going to buy back what they lose. You know. Well, I yeah, my we guess had a we they, had a barn that burned down mm -hmm. one time, and the, my horses were in it. We were actually on vacation. We had oh. all. We were been, in Hawaii. We were in Hawaii first and last well, I think time we've been there. We were on the flight to Hawaii, right? Well, all I know is, yeah, when we land, uh, yeah, we landed, got to our place, and got a phone call that our yeah. barn burned down. And I thought all the horses were probably Did dead. Did they get out? They actually got out. My mm -hmm. neighbor saw the place starting on fire. For some reason, he was up at three o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning or whatever, and he went over there and opened up the barn door and got them out. Wow. And one of them was on fire. And she went and rolled in a snowbank and put herself out. Smart horse. But then it was, you know, $40,000 of vet bills to keep them alive. Well, yeah, they all had they smoke all inhalation. Had oh. Smoke inhalation. Some worse than others. All the stuff was gone. I mean, I mean, it was just, there was nothing left. How long ago was this? What about oh. the burns? Were they severe burns? Actually, really. she didn't have any, uh, any burns no. on her. I don't she, think any of the horses got burned, really. No. Yeah. No, Thank just the that. one was on fire. Her blanket, I should say, her blanket was on fire. Mm. If he if he had been mm -hmm. 15 minutes later, mm -hmm. they would have all died. I lost um, yeah. a couple of barn cats, and there was a raccoon that liked to live in the feed room. Mm. And apparently they're like, did you have three or two cats? I'm like, two. You must have found Rocky Raccoon because he, he kept coming yeah, in. Yeah, he liked to live there. He was a young raccoon yeah, we had, was uh, harmless. Munchie died. And, well, no, wasn't it Munchie, Booker, and Babs? Oh, that's right. It was three. Well, they so was ran four. away, I think. Uh, no, they found three. Well, one of them ran away. Yeah. At least one of them ran but away. But it's horrible. It's a horrible feeling because it's like, you know, mm -hmm. first, uh, I mean, well, for me, the cops were calling me. Where were you? What time was your flight? Because I'm sure they thought that we, yeah. you know, the first thing they always think oh, is Oh, yeah, arson. I suppose you basically flee the country. Which I was like, why would I set my barn on fire? Insurance. No, no, I would never do that. But anyway, I suppose that's their first thought. But yeah. it, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible to lose all your stuff. I had some things that were my grandmother's. Mm -hmm. uh, I had stuff. A bunch know, of I, horse show ribbons and stuff like I that. I just had a ton of stuff down there that was very personal, you know, that can't be replaced. And it's just, uh, it's, it's really horrible. And that was just our barn. That wasn't our home with our beds and your food and yeah. your clothes and all of your things. And, uh, you know, if you go through that, it's really, really hard because you're homeless, no matter how rich you are. I mean, you're rich. You can go to a hotel. It's not 
as horrible as somebody else that has to try to scratch out some shelter. But it's still not fun for anybody. We need to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Tim Lammers. We'll talk some movies and try to be positive on this Monday afternoon. Tom Bernard here with the founder and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. He's here to talk about a great service and an app that you can get because you're a customer of North American Banking Company. It's called XCheck. All right, Michael, my friend, how do you get it? What's the situation? Do I need it? All that stuff. It's an application that we designed to compete with the national applications out there for person-to-person payments. You can get it at the Apple Store or the Android Store. It's for payments that you want to make when you don't have cash. If you want to pay the kid who shovels your driveway, if you want to settle up a dinner check, if you want to settle up a bet on the golf course, when you don't have cash, you can use the app. The payment will settle directly into the payee's account literally the same day. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker? And X-Check, I'm going to get it today. Check out nabankco.com slash KQ for more about X-Check. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Whiting Clinic has changed their name to include their two specialties, LASIK and cataract surgery. Whiting Clinic is best known for their amazing LASIK results and ability to enhance thousands of lives by restoring vision to clarity without the need for glasses or contacts. You've heard me rave about them for years. You know that. But did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed. And I'm a perfect example of their good work. You know what I'm saying. I see so clearly now. When my clear LASIK vision started to fade due to cataracts, Whiting Clinic took care of me again and have the most advanced lens technology so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you're over 60 and have noticed your vision starting to fade, call the experts at Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. To learn more about your options for cataract surgery and clearer vision, visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020. That's 855-554-2020. And please tell them Tom sent you. Welcome back to the Tom Bernard Show without the faker, Tom Bernard. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so sick, really. (coughs) I can't come in. We're here with Tim Lammers. What's going on in the movie world? Well, did you see Bohemian Rhapsody yet? You know what? I was supposed to go Thursday, and then Alex was like, I can't go with you because Dan wants to go. So I was like, Mm. great. So anyway. I have not. No, I have not yet. But it is. I definitely want to. For sure. For sure. For sure. I haven't gotten. Haven't made it. We went and saw. um, Can you for? Can you ever forgive me on Saturday? Mm -hmm. With Melissa McCarthy. And I really liked it. I mean, it's not going to make any money. It has grossed three million dollars in four weeks. Yeah. Well, yeah, no money. They're planning on Melissa McCarthy being nominated for an Oscar, and and Richard E. Grant, I think, is the other actor. Yeah, I think that they Uh, might actually get nominated. Definitely. Yeah, that's the sort of thing that will will keep the movie will keep it. You know. It'll have legs because it didn't cost a lot to make. No. And then once you get the nominations and all that sort of stuff, then they'll start hyping it a lot more. And uh, so it'll be around for a couple months. I, I, I did see, well, last week I screened the, the girl um, in the spider's web. But I have to tell you, I, well, my youngest daughter wanted to see um, the Nutcracker in the Four Realms. 
didn't do that well opening, and I thought, really? oh, here we go. Gorgeous movie. I bet. I was completely surprised by this movie. Of course, it's got uh, Keira Knightley in it, but I always, uh, the main reason I went was for um, Helen Mirren. Uh, she's in it, and she's wonderful as usual. Yeah, so she's always great. I would say see that if you want to get into the holiday mood. I didn't see The Grinch. I know Andy was mentioning The Grinch there. Uh, you had an no, opening uh, of $66 million, so woo. it's doing fine. Yeah. Well, we went to the movie on a Saturday afternoon at around 2, and it was almost all parents with children, and I'm sure they were seeing The Grinch. Yeah. It, it is, uh, well, The Grinch, The Nutcracker. Is The Nutcracker like little kid appropriate, Tim, or is it oh, a little yeah, bit it's... older? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, it's okay. it's, it's not the straight-up tale that we know uh, of the Nutcracker. I mean, they, sure. they, they play with it a little bit. But, again, I, I think the movie, I'll have to look up the budget, or maybe Andy knows. It was it had it, to have been really expensive to film because yeah, the budget was one of the most gorgeous films I've seen visually in a long, long time. Really? $125 million. Yeah, it's the highest budget movie to come out in quite some time. Wow. And it's not going to make not that back, well. I don't think. You don't think it'll make it well, back? They, it's not doing it's, very well. It's early, though. It's, yeah. Yeah, the problem is, though, I mean, you have movies like uh, this week, you have uh, Fantastic Beasts. I mean, if you're talking about fighting for the family movie dollar, you have that. And then next week, you have Ralph Breaks the Internet. And. You know, so movies like this really need to make an impact in the first mm-hmm. couple of weeks. They might be around, they might be a dollar theater deal after three or four, but oh, that's yeah. not going to make your money back. But um, they might have released it too early. I mean, it, it well, is yeah. definitely a holiday film, and I, I don't know. I, I was kind of mystified sitting there because I thought, you know, I'm really enjoying this film. And again, I just thought, well, because it didn't, you never have, you should never look at box office numbers and, and let that determine what you, you know, should, uh, you can't prejudge a film like that. Oh, no. yeah, we never would have, for yourselves yeah, we never would have gone then, to see the one we saw if it were about <clears throat> box office. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, the thing is, I missed the, the, the Nutcracker screening, and that's why, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have judged it that way, but. You know, you miss it, the window's open, it closed, and I thought, well, when am I going to get to it? But my daughter wanted to see it, and I'm really, really glad that we both went and loved it. She loved it as well. So. Well, the debut was in October, so yeah, maybe it was That's... a little early. Yeah. For one. And one interesting yeah. thing is that the Nutcracker, like the actual Nutcracker character is barely even on the uh, poster for the movie. So I kind of feel like they went a little too, you know, the the director or writers or whoever tried to uh, make it their own and in doing so basically just rewrote the entire story and people didn't like that. Because a lot of people mm. said it was just like, the story was awful. It had really? no, uh, it had no mm. heart or character, that mm. kind of thing. And it had almost no dancing, which is interesting for being based on a uh, dance. A ballet. (laughs) Ballet. ballet. Yeah, that's the word. I tell you, the one thing that I thought they did pull a fast one, though, was Morgan Freeman. They prominently feature him on the poster and on, you know, previews, et cetera. Mm -hmm. He's barely in it. Yeah. Um, And Helen Mirren, it takes a long, long time for her to show up. But once she's in it, she's a principal character. Keira Knightley of those three... 
um, gets the most screen time. And in a role that I'm not used to seeing her in, which I was very, very surprised and pleasantly surprised, but the, the girl in it, Mackenzie Foy, um, if you've seen the movie Interstellar, she played Matthew McConaughey's daughter, and she was really good in that movie. A uh, small role, but she is the lead, and she's really, really good. And, again, yeah, I guess don't expect the Nutcracker tale that you know. And, and I've, I've seen Nutcracker films and have been quite bored by them. Mm. So I, I was not bored by this, so I, I don't know. I mean, Who do you think they're appealing to or trying to appeal uh, to? You know, it's interesting because... Uh, you know, th- there there were younger kids there. I mean, it, it's not the sort of deal where, you know, you do feel like you're watching films and you're saying, well, they're appealing. This is a kid movie. Um, uh, yeah, I would say younger kids, you know, maybe tweens. Uh, you know, and adults will enjoy it, too. You know, adults will not roll their eyes. and they, They'll enjoy it because their their familiarity with, with the, the, the Nutcracker. I'm actually so, sitting I, here I, trying I to know. think if I've ever seen the Nutcracker start to finish. I Any haven't. Nutcracker. I don't think oh, I have. See, I've seen the ballet at least three times. Well, mm-hmm. you have da- you're a dancer. You have dancer, dancer daughter, da- too. Yeah. So. Well, on Rotten Tomatoes, and I like 33% ballet. critics, 39% audience. Yikes, so. that's... Bad. That that's too yeah. bad. I guess you know. Again, I was so bored. I and now, now I'm come to think of it. I've, I've seen one version of of the Nutcracker, the traditional tale, mm. on the big screen, and it was an IMAX presentation, and I was bored to tears. I it mean, is so, kind of a boring and that was story. Years and years, and years yeah. ago. So <laughs> I, I think that's where I'm at with it too. Its oh. rating is PG. Oh, it's PG oh. for mild peril. So yeah, it's for very young kids. You know, oh, okay. yeah. It's really too bad. I, I, I think it's a good film, and uh, again, if, if not for any other reason, the visuals are just, they are, in, it's got to compete. I hope they push it at least for production design and all that kind of stuff, costumes, all that, because it really, it really is a, a gorgeous looking movie. Yeah, everyone says it looks great, but that's like, but the, no the reason to see it is because it looks good. But kind of like that clock really? with a, ha- a wall hall clock. Yeah, the the house with the, the clock in it or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> the broom you closet. You see, Catherine, I, I classified that. Now, that's a movie I classify as a kid's movie. I thought if they, if you, you know, if there was a, a, a cutoff there, I thought, okay, this is more, they're, they're gauging this at kid, the kid audience, and, and for adults, it's kind of roll your eyes sort of deal. Yeah. That's the way I felt. I thought it was a little that. scary for really little ones, though. There was, you know, yeah, it was pretty dark and probably. scary sometimes for little kids. I was I was trying to think of who that movie was made for as well. It's like not too small, maybe nine. Well, it's, it's set for a video release in December already, so they're rushing it out. Jeez. Oh. So, okay, so you're saying about, you know, these these holiday films. Are Do people just go see one film? Do they go see a bunch of them? Is, I mean, do they, have to pick, do they have to pick one out of the five that are released, and that's just where their dollars go? I, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, I, I guess you just got to feel like you're in the mood for something bright and cheery, and obviously if it has a holiday theme, <laughs> you know? But, it, but it's the timing. Like Andy says, I mean, look, if it's going to be released in late October or early November, for real. that might be too early. That's and weird. that's going to crush your chances for getting it on. Because they're just over Halloween. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants, you know, if people get, you know, they don't like seeing uh, Christmas decorations in the store in late October or early November already, but, you uh, know, Melissa so does. That, I, I do. Think that feeling goes across the board when it comes to movies too. Well, you know? I'm I'm kind of feeling like you know, given the state of our nation, uh, I I want to enjoy Christmas and Christmas decorations this year just to mm. bring a little cheer to our dismal 
media representation all the time. I'm just so, <laughs> and, and going to movies. I'm like, I'm going to go to movies. I need some escapism. I'm tired of all this well, negativity. When the media rips on these movies, like the way they ripped on Bohemian Rhapsody, which is ridiculous. Well, One critics... of the most ridiculous critical versus audience. I mean, the audiences love it, the critics mostly hate it, and it is just baffling to me. So many critics, they're just looking for a way to sound like they're refined and above it all, unless it's a story about, you know, some, I don't know. Well, pretty much if it doesn't, have, very a, if it doesn't have a diversity theme, they don't like it. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm finding now. If there's not a... Th- well, a like, sums- you know, the truth is, yeah. is that Bohemian Rhapsody is about diversity, really. <laughs> but, you know... It, it, not, I mean, but, you know, pretty mainstream. Sorry, I think it's pretty mainstream these days. It's not about him overcoming, you know, everyone being mean to him because he's gay. If it was about, if it was like that, they would have liked him more. But because he's he is gay and he succeeded, yeah, and he didn't get bullied. Thing. That's they don't like that because then they're saying, oh, you're saying gay people don't get bullied. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm so confused. You know, I guess. You know, if you go back, I, I, and I said this last week, too, I, I honestly, sincerely believe this. There is a scene in the movie where, and I won't tell you when because you got to see because it made me laugh I'm out loud twice now because I've seen it <laughs> twice, was when they, that they, were, they take a huge, huge shot at the critics of their music. And I'm thinking, oh, does that, does that hurt somebody's feelings here mm, or something? Yeah. Mean, oh, interesting. I, I don't know. So the music. Another thing is we... another criticism is I was going to say quickly. Another criticism is, I mean, critics love to sound snappy and what do you, I'm so smart, I'm smarter than you, whatever. I think they they like to hear themselves speak a lot of times, mm-hmm. and they love to write like headlines. Like um, Dave Schrader, Darkness Dave, uh, sent me a headline, and he says, "Did these efforts?" except for he didn't say effers, <laughs> see the same movie as us. And the headline read something about Queen movie Bohemian Rhapsody is a royal embarrassment. It's like, you know, let's get crafty and smart with our headline. You know, it's that sort of crap. They live to try to stand out above. They're not informing audiences mm-hmm. or they're reading, you know, their readers. They're, they're trying to impress them. They're trying to show how good of a writer they are, how clever they are. I honestly believe that's the case with some reviewers out there. Yeah, if you liked it, you can't deliver snappy zingers the entire time, and they, they don't like that. Mm-mm. Well, it's like all the so. almost every review for the Nutcracker was like, the flavor was too sweet and had no nutritional value, and it's like, uh, okay, I get it. It's about go. nuts. Jeez, just review the you know, movie. There you go, Andy. That's a typical example of yeah. this. Let's try to find these great metaphors and mm-hmm. sound smart. And it's you know, they're so out of touch because so, you're forgetting. You're writing. You're informing somebody. Okay, it's okay to give your opinion. I don't care about sure. that. But don't try to impress me because you're not. I, I don't read reviews. I, uh, once I'll look at Rotten Tomatoes to kind of get the, the, the temperature mm-hmm. um, just because, okay, well, let's, let's see. And then a lot of times, honestly, I'll disagree with them. I'm, but um, I'll see one of those headlines once in a while, like Darkness Dave sent to me, and it's like, there you go, typical. 
royal embarrassment. Oh boy, aren't I clever writing? Royal <laughs> yeah, he, he was pretty riled up at home when he saw that article. He's like, "Can you believe this?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, really?" And he's <laughs> like, "What's wrong with these critics?" I know, well, it's just like when we went to see uh, Justin Timberlake. He, it was a great concert, mm-hmm. and they they were like, "Eh." Oh yeah, and they they bashed Rod yeah, Stewart too. The following, yeah, like I, a week, couple weeks later, saying he's like, yeah, he can't get around on the stage like he used to. I'm like, he's like 72. He's doing great for his age. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's not going around with a walker. Yeah, you know? well, that's what. Well, uh, but but think about this, you guys. We're living in a day and age where the the shock and awe and the pissed off, the anger yep. and all of that, that's what sells stuff. That's what rules the so day. So that's yeah. what rules the day. So why should it be any different? They're just taking a page out of politics or anything else. And what they're doing is it's clickbait. They want to get the click through. They want to get, these guys are working for what organiz- news organizations, whatever. They're selling something. They need that. That's how it works. It's not really about the review, is it? Well, I, I mean, I hate at some point it has to be. Otherwise, what do you have? Why? Why have reviews? Yeah. yeah. Why right. do you That's do why it? People don't like critics. Go, go see That's the why movie. People don't like critics. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I mean, if the content of the movie, based on what you see, is something that might interest you, and you're going to make the determination to not see it based on a critic's review, mm-hmm. well. Then, yeah, you know, that's I mean, never stopped me from going to exactly. a movie. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There you, you the go, truth. then. Unless, My point has been made. As a matter of fact, I've got a couple of friends that if they say, go see it, I won't, because I don't like any of the movies that they like. <laughs> <laughs> You're Jim Lammers not being one of them. We'll be right back yeah. after these messages. Tom Bernard, here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry, This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. (laughs) (laughs) This is to the critics. Except Tim. Yeah, Tim, you're usually a very positive person, which we appreciate. We're back with the Tom Bernard Show, by the way, without Mm -hmm. Tom. Who needs him? Well, one thing Tim has expressed to me, yes, he's a critic, but he's also a fan of movies. Yeah. Yeah. He loves movies. So that gives him a different perspective. He's not trying to be 
negative all the time because people the reason why critics do that because they get attention for it right get attention for negativity and i can imagine if i had to review every single movie that came out there i had to see every single movie that came out i'd be like i don't know if i love movies anymore. what if you had a fight with your wife or if you had or your husband or if you had a bad day or the moon was in retrograde or something yeah Yeah. it does affect you that sort of stuff there are things that you walk into a movie and if you've had a bad day I mean, yeah, if you're in a ticked-off mood, I mean, yeah, it could potentially affect it. But, um, yeah, you, I, I heard Cassie say I appreciate that, too, because, mm-hmm. again, I, I'm a movie fan first. That's why I'm doing this. And, you know, you can't lose that perspective ever. The other thing is um, some critics don't like screening films with audiences. I, that is the best way to screen a movie, with oh, an audience. Because sure. then, you, then you can tell... Just by the people around you, the yeah. way they're reacting, um, you know, if it does it work for the intended audience, and that's really an important thing. Um, so I might not like the movie personally, but if I know the audience is responding to it, I'm going to note that because that's important because people pay money to see these movies. And if it's, you know, if that message is reaching them, then that's great, you know. Well, I, I, I feel the same way. When I, I That's one of the reasons why I like going to see children's movies, because the kids laughing and carrying on are a oh, huge yeah, part of the fun. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. When they're like I that. I love that, too. Hey, do you, you know, know anything so, um, about this new uh, TV show with Julia Roberts about the veterans? You know, there are so many TV shows that I want to catch up on that are streaming. I know that's a streaming. I think that's yeah. an Amazon one. Yeah, they're pushing it hard. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Uh oh, I just got I just got word of a big deal here. Uh, it looks <gasps> like Stan Lee might have died. Really? <gasps> no. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh yeah, I think you're right. Oh no. Let me go to TMZ. Oh wait a second. What's going on here? A bunch of people Siri. are. Oh, it's a BS headline. Oh. Siri oh, has been God. telling people Stan Lee is dead. What? What? Well, it's on it's on TMZ saying he died at 95. Saying, yeah, he died. Oh, no. Oh, that's too bad. Generally, that's the only thing that Twitter is good for. Yeah, <laughs> when a celebrity dies. <laughs> well, just like late breaking, or, you know, breaking news. Eagles, Well, you know, he was Poland. 95, 96. 95, it says. He was, he recently had some bad thing, like bad health thing happen to him. And oh, I wasn't. Yeah. Elder abuse claims against him, you mm-hmm. know. Not, I mean, the claims that people were taking advantage of him. Oh. Yeah. You know, that. Yeah, management I have, and you know claims of elder abuse against others against Stan. Yeah, here yeah. it says Stan Lee, the man who co-created Marvel Comics, has died. Stan's daughter tells TMZ. We're told yeah. an ambulance was rushed to Lee's Hollywood Hills home early Monday morning, and he was rushed to Cedar Sinai Medical Center. We're told that's where he died. He mm. had suffered il- several illnesses over the last year, mm. and he well, had about five. He had a bout of pneumonia and vision issues. Yeah, yeah. It's all when you have pneumonia at Twitter. that age, it's not. You don't usually come back from that. I I interviewed him about a half dozen times over the years, and just always the great part about it was you could call his office. He was always accessible. And then, funny enough, the last time, you know, because you wonder if management changes or whatever, the last time it was like I couldn't get near the guy. Mm. Um, but for the most part, when Marvel started to hit its stride, he was available and always positive, <coughs> always upbeat. Um, Tim, how the hell are you? <laughs> uh, and, you know, that kind of just very friendly, like he knew you, but, you know, he didn't. But, 
it, so yeah, I mean, it, it is very, very sad. And I know I remember one time because you don't, you just don't know. You don't know if this is going to be the last time. I asked him about, you know, advice for my kids. Uh, and you know, it was. He said something addressed them all and talking about doing what you love and your passion's going to see you through. I mean, just such of a great guy, really, really good guy. So he was he was the writer for which ones? He invented uh, Spider Man, I think. Oh wow! Uh, he created Spider Man, the Hulk, Doctor Strange, Fantastic Four, the X Men, Daredevil, Iron Man, Thor. He made a lot of the okay. Uh, that's. Marvel, yeah. He made, uh, he created a lot of the Marvel heroes. Well, he's 95, so all of these came to be what in the 40s? Yeah. I'm thinking Superman, was Superman invented earlier than that? Well, if he's 95, Action Comics number one? Well, he didn't, yeah, he didn't do, because Superman and all that, that's DC Comics. He was Marvel. Right. But they were both. Basically yeah. contemporary. Yeah, so, I mean, I can't remember when the first, when Spider-Man came about. I know it was after Superman. But, and then he, when they started making Marvel movies, Stan Lee has always made cameos in every single one. And there's yeah. rumor. And you know what? He filmed cameos for, you're going to see him in cameos for quite some time. Yeah. Because I know last summer I read that they had him down before the Avengers came out, and he filmed cameos for at least four films then. So you'll see him in the new Avengers when that comes out next year, I would imagine. Spider-Man is from 1962. Okay. 1962. Oh, that late. I thought it was so, earlier. Okay. Well, but, a lot of know, them were like, Superman was from 38, but he was also, I think, basically the first superhero, if you don't count like, uh, what is it, the Phantom? A really awful superhero because he basically he was a guy who had a gun. <laughs> yeah, 1936. Oh wow, the That's Phantom. A... <laughs> you know the amazing thing is you know you get a lot of great stories from him and and he was honestly ready to hang it up um, before I believe Fantastic Four and his wife talked him out of it. I mean he was going to mm. quit the business and walk away. And his wife was very, very close to him, and, and she actually died last year. within the last year, year and mm. a half. July so. of 17. You, f- you hear about that so often, couples that have stuck together that long. Mm-hmm. It's one goes, the other one yeah. seems to go pretty soon. And afterwards. maybe, you know, for her pushing him to stick with it, maybe gave him more longevity and to sure. keep going. So, Absolutely. I mean, you can't complain living to 95 years old. No. My grandma just turned no. 91, and she's just like, yeah, you know, these old bones don't get around like they used to just like a couple years ago. I'm like, you keep on going, Grandma. <laughs> That's great. You know, the thing is, though, I mean, because he was so spry, and, you know, and, and, and again, I was fortunate to talk to him, you know, 10 minutes at a time here and there, but anytime you saw him, um, anywhere on TV, you know, he, apparently at conventions, he was so, you just think he's never going to die. He's uh, yeah, he's 95, and you're amazed by that, but you just can't imagine a world without him. That's what's really weird to me. It's like, he's 95, we shouldn't be shocked, but yet we're shocked, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's a, I'm sure, a sad loss to the, the comic, comic book world. Book I, I am a fan of Stan Lee. I'm a fan of Marvel, and, yep. Well, he must have made some serious cake when every all these movies started. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure his. I'm sure there's going to be a whole lot of fighting over his uh, his money now. And speaking of Spider Man, uh, we're going to be screening in a couple weeks. I think it's like the 
second weekend in December. It's oh, a new yeah, animated yeah. Spider-Man movie called uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse, where you got multiple Spider-Mans from different uh, like timelines <clears throat> or dimensions. Ah. And, yeah, we're going to take the little ones because it's animated. And um, I can't remember his name. I always know him as Nick Miller from um, New Girl. He plays uh, Peter Parker, oh, the voice Jake of Peter Johnson? Parker. Is it Jake Jake Johnson or? Johnson? or Yeah, yeah Jake Johnson, I think. I always I call him Nick Miller. Cause he... <laughs> Nick Miller is played by uh, Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson, okay. Okay. But, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. But, yeah, it's going to be sad to watch it now that Stan's gone. <laughs> Can you imagine having a name like yeah. Jake Johnson? Yeah. It's like you forget your own name. Well, <laughs> the movie will be even bigger because he's gone. Yes. I'm guessing. Although, yeah. he was born Mark Weinberger, so. <laughs> Mark Weinberger. <laughs> That's, yeah. Unfortunate. Not a great uh, media no. name. <laughs> really <laughs> interesting <laughs> apparently uh jake johnson's dad uh ran away when he was young um but then since jake was in his 20s his dad came back and now they're close hmm. his 20s being when he started becoming an actor oh hmm. <laughs> oh that's when his dad came back yep um nice one series i just wanted to bring up i mentioned it uh to tim this morning I texted him. There's a new Netflix movie with Chris Pine. I was kind of shocked. It's um, what's it called, Tim? I can't remember. It's escaping me. I don't Outlaw have... King. Is it Outlaw? King, Outlaw it? King, and I believe it's it's about King Arthur. If if that's correct. Yeah, you know, I don't really know. I, I don't I know. know. I, just... I just know it's Chris Pine is in it, and my wife. Has a, a huge crush on Chris. <laughs> Who doesn't? He's handsome. That's I have to watch it. He's handsome. But yeah, I'm looking. And that's a Netflix original movie, and it looks good. I mean, it, the production of it, because I saw the trailer. Um, I'm kind of, mm. I like those period pieces. I'm kind of, those are my favorite. And yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. So hopefully, Tim, you can get, get, get a chance to watch it. It has a 50% uh, thing on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's got a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Hey, so. Tim, switching okay. gears for just a second on you. I'm going to put you on the spot. It is, we're, we're celebrating or we're honoring veterans. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. a very important day. And I, I remember, um, is it a picture of your dad that you showed once with a very famous, who was the actress that your dad uh, well, was? Well, I don't know. Did I post that? I, you know, I, I, I probably mentioned it. For four days uh, during the Korean War on a USO tour, he guarded Debbie Reynolds. That was it. That's and, it. Yeah. And um, he, it was, this, this is what's so cool about life and the way you connect with people. Um, 45 years later, Carrie Fisher came to town. Debbie was here, too. Um, and I brought this picture that Dad took of, of, of Debbie on the tarmac. And right away when I gave, I showed Carrie the picture, she goes, oh, that's my mom in Korea. I mean, she knew, like, instantly, which I thought was kind of weird. Yeah. And then she says, you know, here. She wrote down the, you know, what hotel they were at. And she says, you know, write a note to Debbie, you know, and bring it down to the hotel and, and hand it to her. And then Debbie actually sent a, the picture back, signed to my father. You know, so happy that you made it home 45, later, 45 years later, Jim. Thank you. 
whatever, you know, so in Debbie Reynolds, she signed it. So I thought, wow, that was pretty cool how really? she and my dad connected and 45 years later, her, her daughter and, and, and me connected, you know, through my dad. So that was pretty cool. That's a great story. It's a great story. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. No, no, well, you know. It, 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 are you? So then, so then the next question for you is, <clears throat> if you were to pick one movie that embodied um, the military, what would it be? Mm. Oh, there's so many I, good you know, ones. I, I have to go by two films. Um, you know, and I, and I could go back to the Audie Murphy stuff. I mean, there are a lot of great films that go way, way back, but... You know, certainly uh, in my time, you know, the films that I've seen, A, either Saving Private Ryan mm-hmm. or, and I would have told you that without any competition prior to a couple years ago with Har- uh, uh, Hacks- Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge, mm-hmm. yeah. I want to say Heartbreak Ridge. That was, that was a Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge, the one that Gibson directed mm-hmm. um, about the conscientious objector being mm-hmm. the medic. Mm-hmm. That was incredible. So yeah. those two movies, I'm telling you, are really, I, I, you know, at least the ones I've seen in my time are two films that are uh, head and shoulders above a lot of other films. If you're going to uh, be screening The Mule with Clint Eastwood, speaking of Clint mm. Eastwood, let me know. I'd love to see that. Uh, I will for sure let you know, yeah, <laughs> because Clint was supposed to retire after, I think the last <laughs> film, well, actually, there were two films. He did, um, the, uh, what was it, the, the movie that, um, it was about a car that he owned, and he was in the Hmong neighborhood. What was it oh, called? Oh, Gran Torino. Gran Torino. That was really good. Starring Dua Mua, he, the guy. Uh, he did uh, Trouble with the Curve, okay. and the only reason he did that, he was this aging baseball scout who was losing his eyesight. Um, and he, the reason he did that was because his longtime producer, Robert Lorenz, directed it. So he did that for him. And then he said he was done. And then all of a sudden this comes up and the, the, the age fits the part. Uh, he's this elderly man who's down on his luck and doesn't have a lot of money. And he inadvertently becomes a drug mule. And um, Bradley Cooper, I guess, is, has a role in yes. it as well. I don't yes, know he big, is in it. Because he directed uh, Bradley, of course, in, in uh, the Chris Kyle movie. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, American Sniper. American Sniper, yes. Yeah, that was yeah, another good yeah. movie, I thought. Clint's a great director. I mean, he really is. And um, I don't think people really realize that until he directed Unforgiven, which is the first movie. He won an Oscar for that. Um, he, he directed himself, but there was... Uh, uh, Morgan Freeman in it and uh, Gene Hackman. So, yeah. Well, okay. Thanks. Thanks for calling in, Tim. We're out of time. We'll talk to you in a okay, few minutes. I'll, uh, Have a good weekend. Okay. I'll to get well weekend? and I'll talk with him Thursday. Oh, my God. What's wrong with me? That's a good question. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Seriously. Too <laughs> <laughs> late. Yeah. Next week. Not weekend. But have a good weekend. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Have a good weekend. Yeah. Tell Tommy I'll talk to him Thursday. <laughs> okay. Bye. See you later. Thanks. Bye.